Once again, welcome to the Sesh Podcast. It's where the biggest names in cannabis come smoke the best weed and have the realest conversations. I'm your host, Trees and Breeze, and today, uh, first and foremost, let me say we have a student of the game in the building. Uh, we have somebody that, in my opinion, is one of the best or uh, one of the, the most knowledgeable not minds in cannabis. Uh, he makes really dope hash. Uh, now known as the solventless expert, we got my guy, my brother, Ben McCabe in the building. What's up, bro? What's up, G? We're good with you. Trying to light this blunt. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know how anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's been a while, bro. I've been waiting to do this episode for like literally maybe um, before the sesh was a thing. So let me give you guys a little bit of background. The sesh podcast. I was supposed to be doing the podcast with Ben McCabe in the beginning of manifesting the podcast, but... Ben McCabe has bigger and better duties than just talking shit like me. So, I'm going to give you... Uh, I wanted, I was the movement behind this podcast, bro. Movement. I wanted like, to do it. And, yo, then, yo. and then I got kicked off and it became your fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm glad you got kicked though, bro, because let's talk about why you got kicked. But now let's talk about why you got kicked. Fuck all that. I want to first go on to this, bro, because I'm very interested in your story. Why? Because you are the first person that I actually connected with when I got to California. So I give you guys a little bit of a background. Ben let me live in his house my first four months. I didn't, I didn't let you live shit. I was told that you were coming to live with me, to be honest. <laughs> so funny. Well, all in all. Well, it uh, turned out good. I was happy with it. Yo, yo, for real, though, bro. Because all in all, like, not only did I get to learn... I mean, not only did I get to be in a cool environment, I got to learn so much from this dude right here, bro. Like, and uh, I want to give you the light of not only telling us, like, because your love for weed and cannabis, bro, is enormous, bro. So I first want to ask you, like, when did you start smoking? Oh, shit. Uh, I got high the first time when I was 11. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the summer after sixth grade. And then me and my me and my best friend were hanging out with this dude who we knew, and we stole weed from his mom. <laughs> and then, and then mama like, had the gas. Totally, totally stereotypical. We went and smoked that joint underneath the fucking bridge. <laughs> so uh, it was a it was a classic beginnings, I suppose. Nice, and that was but, at uh, eleven, bro. And would you say like was that yeah. was the first time? Well, what was you smoking? Do you remember? Was like a strain? Or like no, no. Rags. Not rags. For right. sure. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what I was gonna get at too. Um, but do but you do you feel as in like was that the first time you fell in love with weed? I don't even know when that was. Yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, uh, but was it like I? Right, so what my question really was: not an initial like, all right, this is something I want to do a lot, or was it like something was a slow roll for you? Nah, me and my boy, uh, me and my best friend growing up, Tony. He, uh, we always said, you know, Tony, Tony's brother was into drugs and shit. Mm-hmm. So we were always like, yo, I'm never getting high, man. I'm mm-hmm. never, I, we're never doing drugs. We're never doing drugs. And then our boy, Dan, my boy, Dan got fucking high one day. And me and Tony was like, that's it. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then we got high and then we used to fucking, it used to just always be so exciting, bro. They're getting high ruled your whole day. Like you, you, you get so excited to get a fucking bag of weed. You didn't even know how to smoke it. Yep. I couldn't roll a joint to save my life. Yep. We couldn't find anything to smoke out of. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, and then when you finally got high, man, like what? If, like it, like I was high all goddamn day, Facts, and then you bro. slept like a rock. Facts, you know. Um, 
And so then, I don't know. We started like after we after we uh, we after we stole that weed from homie's mom. We uh, I just I just always yeah just always love getting weed, man. And then we I, I don't even know when and I really fell like, in love. I really I, n- I never really know when I fell in love with it, but I did. <laughs> I hear you. I definitely hear you because uh, I feel like, especially when I was smoking coming up, I was like something like I used to get weed, and then more I smoked it, the more I like liked it. That's why actually wasn't like an initial thing that you knew you was gonna get high, or like did it to grow on you. But past that, so we're we're talking like nah, when I was when I was young, I was like I'm smoking every day. Yeah, that's I was like I was my that. goal was to be like yo, if I could smoke yeah, every day, yeah. I'm winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was definitely like for a while. I used to be I used to be like. So excited to be like, y'all, I smoked every day this week. Like, yep. I'm feeling like a baller. And do you, <laughs> do you think <laughs> I don't know. that's funny? Because as a little kid, I used to feel the same way when I got to get high all week. It, but it, it became a damper, though. I ain't gonna lie. And I was gonna ask you this question, so I was going with it before. I used to smoke so much that I couldn't afford it, bro. So, how did you like coming up smoking? <laughs> I fucking. We always take it twenties from moms. From your mom to like fucking go do whatever you're doing and just spend that shit on weed. Yeah. Thanks, thanks mom. Straight Um, up. Straight up. I mean, not. I knew it was never like a burden, man. I started selling weed when I was younger, so I grew up in like a small town, and. so you started was, selling weed. So you started selling. That's why I was gonna I get to. I started selling weed when I was like 14, 15, yeah, 14 years old. Yeah, I was gonna go. What age did you see it? Like, like all right, this is a high, but I need to not profit off it, or maybe it was a profit thing, but maybe it was like I can make money, or I need to have money to do this because that's what I don't pretty even much know it was why. Me. It wasn't like that. It was just like, it was just a cool thing to do. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. I always wanted to smoke, and then it was like these dudes were in town. Like, I, again, I grew up in a small town, so there was always, like, everybody in town smoked weed. Everybody. Hell yeah. So there was always, like, a few This is Connecticut, dudes. right? This is Connecticut yeah. we're talking about, right? Shout out to Connecticut. So there was always, like, a few guys who, like, sold weed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to get a hold of them motherfuckers, and you get ripped off and all this shit. And so they always sold, like, haze and sour, and then I got in going one under selling the headies for a better price. Nice, nice. And I fucked the game up. Everybody was selling point eight. Keep it real. Like, Grams, baby. Keep it real. Was you selling the headies with the with the exotic names on it or what? Nah, I was on. I'm an honest guy. Honest guy. I, I got I got headies, bro. Take it or leave it. Nice. That nice. a motherfucker. That other motherfucker ain't answering. Your boy's right here. Nice, nice, and, nice. Uh, but it was it, it it was it was more fun than anything, man. And then it got to a certain point, like one day, I had like fifteen hundred bucks. And I never had that money in my fucking <laughs> life before that. So I was like blown away that I could fucking actually have some money. Right. And then I spent every dime, though. I didn't save a goddamn. Yeah, thing. yeah. That weed, that first weed money. Like, I think I asked the question one time in a previous podcast. Like, what was, do you remember, like, what you did with the first money you made off of weed? And <laughs> like, nah, well, <laughs> I always spent it on partying. I spent it on the homies. Like, I didn't, when, when we, because it was a small town Like people got busted All the time right Hell People yeah. would get raided yeah. And I was always nervous Like oh if I get raided They're gonna take my money I was a kid I didn't really realize shit So I was just like You know what Like one of my boys Got raided When he was in college And like he was a few years Older than me And that's when I was Really starting to make money So I was just like Fuck it Like they can't take your TV They mm-hmm. can't take your computer So yeah. I, I was mad young I always had like The brand new fucking iMac Big ass TV Like I had hooked up shit I was driving a Beamer Smart You know Not Um, really assets But But I was like Yo you know what I was like They they won't be able to take this from me Which is stupid Because like They They could have definitely took my car If they (laughs) fuck (laughs) But That was just uh, Yeah So I never really saved a goddamn thing I wish I did Word We all been there But 
I said this in the intro, and why I want to I want to tap tap on this is I called you a student of the game, bro. Like I feel like all our stories, like previous to the podcast, and even now on the podcast, you've showed that like even at a young age, you had like this fascination for weed, bro. And like, can you explain tapping a little bit about like how that helped you? Not just selling weed, but like your fascination from weed. Not only probably would you say got you into this point now, or like for sure, like for sure, like. One of the things I say is like, I mean, but wait, wait, I want to ask the question: Was it more of a getting high aspect, or was it more of like I, I can get high off this? But now, once you found out about the plant, was it like an interest in the plant? I mean, like it was never an interest in the plant. Mm-hmm. I still don't know a whole lot about the plant. I know about extraction, and here's like because I just love getting high, right? So like, but I wouldn't say I no. Like, you don't have to know a lot about the plant for extraction, right? Here nah, you talking you, you, like you learn along the way. Listen, right, so right. like I loved weed, right? I always loved getting high, and I loved all the different kinds. It wasn't like I was going out trying to learn shit right i researched on my own accord because i really like liked it i researched just different shit about weed different history people like i read about eddie lepp back in the day when i was super young thinking this dude was crazy now fucking we see eddie lepp fucking everywhere it's fucking yep. eddie yeah yeah um that's true 100%. but it's you know i always i always just really fucking liked weed and i, I always had a lot of weed because i sold weed so I was, I was able to see like a lot of weed and a lot of different weed all the time so i got to learn without knowing it like what good weed was what different types of strains strains were what a trichome was right right and then again i never really like i went i moved out west a little and and uh and that's what i, I lived pre- on a farm mm-hmm. and i found out real fucking quick man i did not like farming like mm-hmm. growing weed is not what it's cracked up to be on on a farm and you know so and i moved back and just kept selling weed and then i found out about doing like dabs i found out my boy was open blasting butane and i learned over skype i think I was like, I don't even wow, know what Skype was. Skype I downloaded Skype back. just to learn because this dude knew how to make oil. So I was like, I got to fucking find out what's fucking Skype. Let's let's do it. And wow. uh, and then so we got like a stainless steel tur- turkey baster with a can of butane, stuck an eighth in there and, and, and made my first gram of oil. I remember that. I did it on the back porch. Um, and I think my mom was like home and she's like, what the fuck are you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> um and then I just like without again without knowing it like I just learned different types of shit. Again, I sold weed, so I was exposed to a bunch of different oil now and different strains thereof, and just got to experience like what oil was and how to enjoy it, like. And then all of a sudden, and one this day, is in Connecticut day, where you making oil still. This was like, all. This is all in Connecticut. Nice. And then I got a job in Connecticut, like at one of the first legal operations there. I went legit. And, uh, so that's what I was about to say. And that's the question. So let me ask it because you're about to answer it. All right. When did you figure like, all right, hustling's good. But when you say like, all right, I can actually make a career, not a career, but maybe let's start with getting a job doing this. So there was I mean? uh, I had a, I, I was involved in a smoke shop and I had an argument. I basically got fired. Like you're involved say, with a smoke like So you say, worked at like a, a head shop or something? Yeah, yeah. I worked at head shops all the time. I always had a job even when I was hustling. And then nice. I, I worked at a I smoke shop because I liked clientele. weed. I liked weed. That's why I know about glass and shit like that. Yeah. We opened up a store, yeah. and they're still doing it. Rock and Smoke in Connecticut. They're actually dope. Check them out if you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into an argument with the owner there. Pretty much got fired. Fucking all depressed. And all of a sudden, I looked in because like weed was just starting to get legal in Connecticut. And uh, I got a job there. And one thing led to another. I started in the extraction department. And then my bosses there, for one reason or another, ended up leaving, and I was able to run the extraction department for a little bit. I learned a lot about, like, making oils from, like, CO2. Like, even nothing that you would really want to smoke these days 
and like making different products and like basically just like how to manipulate the oil. Just early on. What year is this? What year is this? What year is we talking? If you can like just give us a little scope. This was bro. This was only like 2015. But that's 2014 maybe. That's intricate in the game though, bro. That five. Look how much I have five years made the difference. For sure. But Connecticut's a whole different place, man. It was different. It's so much different from out from from out there to out here. Mm -hmm. So like I got to learn how to manipulate the resin, right? Manipulate the oils of the plant. And again, just because I liked it, it was cool. Like I was making shit money. I was like, whatever. Uh, Again, one thing led to another. Life happened. And I ended up moving out to Oregon and uh, with one of the investors from that company. Nice. And I got to learn a lot out there. We had a lab and a grow. We were selling on the legal market. It was you pretty dope. You said one investor. Can you speak on who that is? Or is it like a... Yeah, that's my... That's what, that's like my mentor and one of my best friends, Dan Funk. He's, my guy. He's fucking... He's, the guy's the man. He's the man, bro. Uh, we, really had a, we had a lab and a grow up there. And then we started... A, Dan started a, a vaporizer company, Dank Funk. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started selling vaporizers, and that's how I met these guys doing rods and tech. Is we started doing trade shows till we get together, and uh, and at that point, like the, actually, rods and tech had sent me one of their presses. Right, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 Ooh, Ben, you're really good. And like I, I kind of mapped this conversation out because I'm like, All right, I want to go here for me, and you're just going down the train. So you're in Oregon now, right? CO2, uh, BHO, if I'm not mistaken. Just user. did BHO. BHO, no CO2. So CO2. We had a CO2 machine. I'm sorry. We did do a batch of CO2. Okay. Nothing that we ever put out. All right. And now you're in the Oregon market? Yeah. How's that in 2014, 2015? Nah, so this was in 2016. 2016. Okay. Oregon market. Yeah. What is that? You're, you're in or how? What is that scene like if you can paint it for me? So when we got there, it was it was fucking free for all, man. It was like, I guess what people referred, it was the end of the good old days. Is uh-huh. when I got there, you know okay, what I mean. Okay, so okay, I was like, okay. we were able to make some batches. We were growing, and like nobody was really watching us. Right, this is right around the time Oregon started like implementing their like rules and regulations, right, like right. their legit shit. For like anybody that's in question, ended at the end of the gray area is what we were calling yeah, it, right? Like, like the end well, of the gray yeah, age. right when you like start to legalize for like recreational use, then the government comes in and like then they start to regulate shit before that it was like the wild they didn't make a law around it so there was no law saying that you couldn't do it or trying to restrict you and saying like you had to have a distribution extraction company. like you could literally yeah, yeah. For, well for extraction for growing like it was all very loose wow yeah. and so right when i came in it was like they changed the laws to where you had to have shit you know uh batch not batch ids and shit they were tracking plants from the clone or the seed to every single plant that you ever had had a tag on it and where was the weed going it was all tracked and you had to have these certain labs so they was tracking it from pretty much seed to sale well yeah they yeah they were starting to track it from seed to sale as well as starting to tax the product more and uh require a certain type of lab testing from a certain type of machine so if like we ran into a scenario we had like a couple thousand grams ready to go and it was like it was fire it was really good yeah and like right when it was about to go they switched the laws on us so i we had like all this one day we had like four thousand grams that were compliant the next day we had four thousand grams that were illegal you know, so can you it, tell me what really was it like the testing levels or what what why the the market honestly had that, to get it tested from like a gas chromatography type shit. Good, you got an oh, extra right yeah. here if you want. Oh, um, it was it was a certain type of testing, uh-huh. I think, um, and you had to get it tested for more shit. 
Before nice. it was like, oh, potency and like microbials and pesticides or I forget even what it was. And the testing had to go in for a certain amount of time. It wasn't like you testing. couldn't just get it retested after, right? Like the testing had to be in for a certain now amount Now you can of get time. that shit tested as many times as you want. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Until somebody came out with a good one and then you'd put that out. Okay. I mean, that's how, yeah, that's how a lot of people did it. So it was, that, it was, that was the Oregon market for you and okay. Oh, Oregon, Oregon was dope. Like, they're, they're, And it still is. Like, They still have weed in big ass jars that doesn't have to be prepackaged, which nice. I like. I love buying weed like that. And, uh, but everybody associates Oregon with like shit weed now because the outdoor harvest spot. Yeah. Yeah. With especially with like, all right. So in or- you're in you're in Oregon, right? Uh, you're doing your thing out there, and now you you said you started mentioning about you met Vin and Sam, founders of uh, show products or show companies, and you built a relationship with one of them. And now, like, of course you work there now, but I'm trying to train that. So let's tell talks a little bit about that. Uh yeah, so I met Vin and Sam. I met Vin. It was either at Champs or MJ Bizcon. I want to say it was MJ Bizcon one year. Yep. And uh, this yeah, is probably like got, late 2016 or something. Well, I actually met Vin through Barry. You know, Barry Barry Poppins. Yeah, yeah, you had him on, right? Yeah, shout out to my boy Barry Poppins. <laughs> yeah. He's a uh, number so, three episode on here. Check do, it out. We knew Barry, and then Barry was like, "Yo, you guys should meet." He he was talking to like Dan. Dan knew Barry, right? Nice. And then Dan and and Vin met up, and I was just like Dan's guy, you know. Word, word, word. And then I met Vin and Sam, and again, life happened. So Vin and I got along pretty well, and we started doing uh, trade shows together. So we had the Dank Funk Vaporizer Company up in Oregon, mm-hmm. and so we started going to like the High Times Cannabis Cup, and like Vin. And Sam just started doing the Solventless Experience with Rosin Tech Products. Nice. So we got a, I got a booth in that for uh, Dank Funk. I might have been like one. Okay. Of the, I must have been like one of the first brands to get a booth at the Rosin at the Solventless <laughs> sick. Experience. That's sick. That's sick. And so I got along with with both of them really well, and like the whole crew was was awesome, right? Because they're like New York guys, and I was from Connecticut, and mm-hmm, I just moved mm-hmm. out west. It's that East like, Coast vibe. It, yeah, it was. It was. It was like oh shit! Like I, I realized that like different areas in the country have different vibes and. And uh, I really got along with them. So then, you know, one thing led to another. I ended up uh, starting to work with these guys uh, moving down to L.A. So in, now in you 2016, I you think, as well. In, oh, yeah. So in okay. the end of 2016. End of 2016. Wrap it up in Oregon. You come down to L.A. Now you're in L.A. And um, I know a little background, of course, so I'm just going to train it through for the people. I know you were working with the, the machines directly at first, right? And was well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, like doing like company. yeah, like yeah. So the Rise yeah, Tech products, the like, press is what I'm talking I about. I was like sell. I was yeah. I was a salesman. I was a salesman for the company when I first came in. Nice. And like I knew a little bit about extraction, so I uh, always helped with the sales, right? You know, knowing just the know-how. Yeah, yeah. Like, I work. didn't really. I didn't do. It didn't really help with the sales. Like <laughs> I wasn't that good a salesman, bro. <laughs> I didn't like so it. I, I, so I, I, I was. I was not quickly, but I was removed from that position. Okay. Um, but I still helped out cause I knew about like extraction. So like any like tech on like how the machines were used or whatever to answer like the customer's questions, I'd help out with the sales guys, you know, and then we'd go to trade shows and it's, yeah. Yeah. Cause even when I came into the company, bro, and this is probably like a, maybe a year and a half prior to this date, uh, you were like, it wasn't like you were away from the machines, but like, yeah, you were like the information guy on yeah. like the. So this is I'm when the you resident stu- weed head. In right, some right. Cases. No, I wouldn't say weed head. That's, that's, that, that's on one of the the job descriptions, <laughs> I suppose. Funny. That's funny. But you 
it started to explain to me about consulting and like the processes of just going to making hash right and now this is where these conversations came up for me and you because i'm like right it wasn't like machines why were you employed for the company and then you started telling me like yo bro we're gonna make hash one day and i'm the guy that's gonna do it and it's gonna be fucking dope every single time and i'm like oh shit this guy's talking a lot of shit i don't know if he can really do it but i knew you can do it just the way you were talking bro like like how you explain things to me and for a person that didn't know that you can put water on weed and make something you know what i'm saying like literally make hash i never knew none of these things and you'll be able to paint these pictures so you're in the company now now looking like like i said like a year and a half later we're in a position where we're dropping our own THC products, right? And you're the person that's making it. So like I said at the beginning, the solventless expert is because we got the Rosin Tech Labs that just dropped. Shout out to Rosin Tech Labs. And you made all the hash for Rosin Tech Labs. So I, can I don't we, like that name either. I don't like the solventless expert. I know you hate it, bro. But I, I, <laughs> I hate that shit. I know you hate it. I know, I know. Uh, but I purposely put it in there because it's... Not like it's a myth that you're making dope shit, bro. Like, we're, like, we're able to smoke it today. So Yeah, yeah. Tell that's us a cool. little bit about yeah, that's not only like now being in a position to make hash. Oh, well, tell us how did you really got into the point of making hash? Like, how did you learn how to make hash before even talking about Rosin Tech Labs? How did you learn how to make hash? Well, like I said, my boy taught me how to over Skype, taught me how to make butane. It's more about like how to manipulate the resin, right? And understand like the trichome and like, how did I learn? Like just research, research and shit, just being interested in like the, nice. the products you're consuming. And how to like make it i was making ex extracts and stuff so it's like once you start to research like whether it be butane extracts that's really like where i first like really like dived in deep like before making yeah when i really dived in deep with butane like trying to figure out how to make like dope products yep you know like yep. I, I was after quality at that point because like when i was younger and i sold weed it was always about getting the best weed mm -hmm. and it's just like that's all I like who wants to smoke shitty weed right mm -hmm. who wants mm -hmm. to drink shitty alcohol mm -hmm. who wants to mm -hmm. eat mm -hmm. shitty food nobody no so like I was, I was like all right cool like let's get the best shit possible and uh i was a i just i just love to smoke man and, and, bro, and, bro. and then like so you, when you like make hash and doing it for yourself too always just trying to make the best shit and uh yeah and then god bless fucking the united states for, for or california for making weed legal like and all that's how you know then all of a sudden like a job career came of it and and uh i happened to be part of a team who was able to get a license in california and, and, and we put out some hash nice. i mean like it's really like and how's that been? it's not Making like something it's not like now. something that was like like a like something that i set out like i'm gonna have a like i'm gonna run a brand in, uh -huh, in uh -huh. california for solventless you know it was I like it's surreal to a certain point and it's like really I mean, it's fucking cool, man. I'm excited to Hell put yeah. out like Hell solventless yeah. hash, right? Solventless is like the hard, like not the hardest, but takes the most amount of like time and dedication and labor to like make a good solventless product, right. you know, like ice water hash or live rosin. Um, so to me, that's like the top tier, right? And then to put out like top tier quality on that yeah. is something else. And yeah, I'm proud of fire. like what went out and to like be on the California market like that and to be in like a a legit company like that's it's exciting man it's really cool and Hell uh yeah. yeah it was uh i'm about to try just something. happy to fucking be here man uh, yeah. <laughs> so but now now that uh you have a uh, a product and well before the product what, what was that process like with your team and not just a person that's just making hash well i would say prior to this like i know you always make well you did say you made hash on a scale to sell but now having a team of people that's like ran by you and you guys are making dope hash how does that feel it was cool. 
Just cool. I mean, if it's like, yeah, uh, that, it, it don't have to be some elaborate answer, like, but I know it's different. I know it's different from yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's definitely different. Now, like different. you're running your own ship, bro. Literally, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And then like before, it was a, a total reflection of you, but now it really is a total reflection of you. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? The box could easily say Ben McCabe on it. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, it's 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 cool to to have the team there doing it and to like teach people. I like teaching. Like I really like talking about it mm-hmm. and like seeing other like. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to have a whole team behind what you're doing, right? So you can focus on, like, different aspects, right? Instead of just, like, focusing on making the product, now you have a team where it's like, instead of focusing on making the product, I want you to just focus on, focus on doing this one task right here right. and then just start to control different aspects of the process, right? right. Um, so whether it be, like, for ice water hash, like whether you're paddling uh, the water, right, or managing bubbleators, whatever process you're going to do it, to actually do the wash, you know that's the only thing you have somebody doing and you teach them exactly like what you what the parameters we do to create the quality you know and everybody like likes weed for the most part you know yeah, really appreciates the process so it's it's cool to like get other people who who value it and who are interested in it you know and like to see them get excited about it and they're like just make a cool product you know uh so and then like you have another person who's just doing the collection from when you drain the bubbleators, you know, to nice. do you after your first or second or third or fourth, whatever wash it is, you know, and then you have uh, somebody who's just doing rosin pressing, right, to mm-hmm. make the rosin. So instead of like doing everything all at once, you have certain people to just focus, you know, and, and, and all right. control the. To tap more and about like the products being out now. The other day we just had a launch. Well, two other days we just had a launch for the b2b on 710 and we had another launch on 713 for a consumer launch so we let the the consumers people come try the product and like not only see your own reaction a person that knows about hash but how is it how is it to see other people's reaction on hash that you made like you were the captain of that ship and it wasn't just like a couple people it was like literally you got to see two different groups of people from inside the industry as buyers and as of like buyers to distribute and retail to people but as also consumers and retailers people who's buying at retail and consuming a product how did that feel to see everybody like smoking your shit bro <laughs> honestly uh like describe describe that feeling like oh you're in the party you're like damn Everybody's getting high because of me. I made some dopeness. I did not. I didn't really feel that way. I, oh, yeah? I mean, I felt like I was happy to put out the product, but, uh-huh. like, it was like a... It's a brand, man. I don't feel that, like, oh, this is all mine. Like, it's like, I, you know, there was a team behind all that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many people that go into it. Like, I made some hash, and that's the product that's being sold. But, man, the boxes, like, all that shit, like... So I didn't feel like, oh, it was just me. I didn't feel that way at all. I, I didn't feel that, like oh, this is cool because whatever. I was just like, it was just like a dope thing to be able to have like, yeah, I made hash that people are getting high off. I like that. Like, you know, um, and to have people buy it and, and be excited about it. Like, that's really cool. But it was like, it was just a party, man. I was just uh, enjoying, you know, it. yeah, I was enjoying it. It was, right. you know, and I, yeah, I guess I didn't really, I was, kind I, of don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I expected like maybe, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But I'm, I heard I you say one time. I was super excited inside. Like, I'm super no, I excited. I heard to you be say, like, I, California is like the major leagues, bro. The major leagues yeah, yeah. of cannabis. And to have a product. Well, that California is, I mean, the, the size of California is, uh, um, it's one of the largest economies in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And not only that, but L.A. is like the epicenter of weed, if you, you know, and, and Northern California is famous all over the world. 
So shit, to put it out in California, that's the fucking major league for sure. Probably. You know, just because there's not really that's where the most established cannabis called cannabis culture and, and business is. Yeah, if you, you know, could Colorado say as well. Yeah. Uh, but California's got I mean it's California. Come on. Yeah, so like that's like that that's Let cool. That's an accomplishment say, for that myself. Was fire, though. <coughs> the banana OG, Robin Tech Lab. Which one you got there? It's the banana OG. That shit was fire. <coughs> oh my god. Nice, bro. Shout out to my boy Ben McCabe. He in a building today. We doing it. It's the Sesh Podcast. We doing it. <coughs> I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm just high. I have more questions. It's not <laughs> over. Now, <coughs> going to you personally. Oh, boy. What's your favorite way to smoke? Uh, I like I, I like to I like to dab. Nice. But, like, I also, it's a dab or a joint. I won't pick one. I'll pick both. Nice. Because, like, sometimes a, a dab is really nice. You don't get as tired. But, like, smoking a joint or a blunt right there, that was nice. Yeah. Except my hands, I can't smell this. All I smell is blunt. Yeah, hand. that's the only thing about the the, the after fucking smell in your hand. That's why I really won't won't like fuck with a bong right now, like cleaning a bong out because the smell that's on my hand after yeah, a bong, yeah. I'm like, nah, G, I'm not with it. Uh, okay. Do you have like a favorite strain? Nah. Um, I like. I like them all. <laughs> is that not fair to nah, say? Nah, nah, nah. I was that's telling you earlier though. today, actually, the uh, sour OG or the high octane. Yeah, is, yeah, uh, is definitely. Is my favorite. I don't know why lately that's just been. I yeah, that's been that's been my favorite. I used mm-hmm. to love fucking uh, like J one mm-hmm. with that super like skunky J one. I used to be a favorite. Yeah, X. Well, yeah, is X J one the same as J one? Is nah. uh, X J one? Oh, what's the difference? Let's talk so, about this a little bit. I don't know what X J. XJ1? I'm yeah, making some XJ shit up? Am I making some shit up? I feel like I see that all the time. I think you're thinking like... XJ13 maybe. XJ13, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm thinking of. Um, Smoke a problem. Get high too much. Adam Hill <laughs> called me J- that on that J- yesterday. He's like, you don't be knowing no strands. I'm like, I don't, you know, sometimes I know. <laughs> that shit smell like this shit. I just be, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. No, I... I uh, fuck, mm-hmm. what was it? XJ. Yeah, XJ. So the J1's Jack Herrera and Skunk mm-hmm. number one. And it's like, it's not like Jack Herrera's like super light. It adds a skunk to it that's like, just gives it like this, uh, this funky fucking power. You know, it's a little more heavy than that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not, I don't dig it too much anymore. It seems too light. I, I do like, I'm liking like OG and like cakes and like, uh, yeah, I'm liking that. I wish I could get some AJ Sour Diesel. That's my favorite shit in the world. AJ Sour Diesel. AJ Sour Diesel. Now that I think about it, we've seen AJ somewhere, right? I remember you telling me like that's a, he's, I remember you telling me like this exactly. Don't pull the camera out, but right there, <laughs> that's AJ nah, Sour nah. Diesel. I'm like, He'll he's like that's AJ you, from AJ Sour Diesel. He'll like, fuck with you. I'm like, who the fuck I is that? Know, I don't know him that well. I met him a few times. My boy knows him. Yeah, so. but um, I think uh, where was I going from there? Are you running your life up? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I asked that question like that. <laughs> Oh man, so I would uh, I mean I really ask that more or less like what's your take on like things like that? And what I mean things like that, like so when you put you we talked about your strains just now, strains you like, do you buy weed per like brand and trust that brand to have fire? Yeah, and what sometimes. I mean like by uh, sometimes? So would you buy into like a runt situation? And if it wasn't like the runt situation, what are those brands or just an example? I'm not saying they're better. Just saying like what this is why and why. Because for me, like a runt, I feel like people don't even know 
what runts yeah, is, and people just falling behind it. I feel like half these people never even smoked runts, especially if you're not in California. That's part of it, though. That's an experience now. Like, word, I bought haze because it was haze. Uh huh. You know, I was bought, and it was good weed at the same time. But like every, almost everything's fucking good weed. Right. Now we just got the preference. So like, a strain has always been a brand. You know what I mean? And like the, uh, yeah. So I, I definitely wouldn't like some brands are dope. Some brands always have good shit, mm-hmm. and people hate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Jungle Boys got fire weed. Like, what are you talking about? Jungle Boys, Jungle Boys weed ain't good. Yeah, it's fire weed. So we have, oh, it's mids. I'm like, all right, it's whatever, dude. Weed. Like, mm-hmm. go smoke whatever fuck you're smoking. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. But like, and like, word, there's levels to 100%. it, but it ain't mids. Like, there's a ton of good shit out there. Like, 100%. Genetics always got like bomb flavors. They got like, I've seen them at cups for fucking since I've been my, at my first cup, and they yeah. used to have jars and jars and jars out of all sorts of different genetics and flavors like no one else like and the, and all their flavors were like on point weed hmm. was manicured well like taken care of like it was it was fire it was really good That's up and humble and then like team elite genetics has been good and then you know like cookies is fire too yeah, cookies once is these fire. people start to get like huge though i do definitely notice like the uh the hype well the, the hype the hype the goes up and the quality goes down it's just a little bit more fucking it's just yeah it's Mm -hmm. just a little bit more bland i think like you know like certain people have like you it looks like you you harvested weed and you fucking held the stem like this with the with the branch in your hand Mm -hmm. and you and you waited seven days till that motherfucker dried it didn't touch nothing didn't (laughs) hang upside down touch (laughs) other branches and then as soon as you're ready to smoke it there Uh you go like it never like nothing ever touched it and like some brands do that well like show fire you know fire shit so but not everybody like but the that being said, how do you be a buyer weed? So, or how not do you say? I mean, like, how do you buy a weed? Do you rather buy it from dispensary or is it homie situation? Both, cool. I think so. Like, recently, like the best shit was always not recently, but uh, a little while ago, the best shit was always from the homies for sure for like certain type of extracts uh, and weed, just because like the legal market was fairly new. Yeah, but. Uh, but now there's some people starting to come out where you could like trust the brand and the quality thereof. Like and as seven ten labs field extracts, those guys are like those guys are doing it, man. They got is that because you trusted dope, the brand before it was legal? Solventless, dope hash, and like you can always like you could trust that brand, and buying something's always going to be quality. Mm-hmm. And then I think they're like one of the first brands to really do that on the next level. Um, so it's I guess I guess I'd say it's harder to find in the dispensary, and it's more likely you'll find it from the homie. But I think as you're going to see it start to go the other way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that the the homie with with fire is ever is ever going to leave. I just think he's going to be harder to find. Yeah. You know, because you're going to be so used to going to the store and just getting weed. Why fucking deal with the hassle of going to see some guy in his schedule when the store is always open? You are know, you, are like, you as running? Brands get better. Like why not? But are you running a risk when not buying when when buying homie weed? Because it's not tested? Is that a thing? Or? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, we, we've we been smoking non-tested weed forever. I right? mean, like, getting a test is definitely nicer. Yeah. If you have test results, I could be like, oh, you're whack. Like, nah, like, cool, show them. That's what you got. <laughs> right. You know, like, I want to see, like, and I'm not looking for potency. I'm mm-hmm. looking for if it passed in testing for other shit. And, like, so, like, yeah, you always want to smoke clean shit. But, like, at the same time, like. I've only been smoking clean shit for like the past two years, I think. I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the only time I've been test- smoking tested weed is the past two years. So no, yeah, I just I just look at the situation now because weed is getting used in so many different ways that like I guess like 
when I get I look at I think about it like edibles tested. And shit. Yeah, that's what I say tinctures and shit like that. I think they kind of like have to get tested. Butane extracts, I would suppose too. Yeah, just yeah. because like who knows you fucking smoking a puddle of butane, but. And I don't know. Like I think edibles, about that like, a lot You too. ever get the edibles that are like wrapped in saran wrap? Like some dude fucking made them in his basement, basement or something. Yeah. yeah. Like with his shirt off, fucking wrapping up like saran like, wrap. Yeah, fucking the, rice like the wrap it has like it's like foggy. It's like musty in the bag. I'm like, I'm not eating that shit. It's crazy. I don't know. I see that a lot of times, like at the sessions and shit. I mean, there's a lot of good brands. Like, like, like my boy Serm. I'll be getting like the house brand. It's like a, a trusted brand. I think it's cool. But then, like, I've bought shit from the sesh. Then I'm like, what the fuck? Then I'm, am I smoking right now, bro? Like almost dying off shit like that. So I don't know. I guess it's always yeah. been good weed and bad weed, man. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But now I think because the extract game is like sh- that shit is dangerous. Like honestly, my like now like my honest opinion, like you can't be buying shitty like sauce and shit. That shit goes straight to your brain. You don't know what the fuck <laughs> you smoking, bro? For real, I don't. I'd be scared. It's what the people want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's not what these people want. But shout out to people like you, like making dope shit. You dig me Thanks man No doubt My guy um, What else do I want to get into I'm very high at this point I ain't gonna lie And uh, this is the part of the segment That I'm just like You know This is not a This is purely just for you to People to get to know you Like what are some of like Your best movies Or your favorite movies To smoke to And shit like that Or what do you do oh, When shit. you smoke Like you know what I'm saying Like what you throwing on TV Or something that you Previous watch too I don't know I, I get into shows Pretty deep and like I get like when you what get you high, into you get right attached now? to you, shit. Yeah, me too. I'm not into nothing right now. I just watched Euphoria. Euphoria, I never. It's I never on watched. HBO. Nice. It's about uh, some fucking teenagers with problems, and it's like ain't that ain't it's that a little truth. it's it's fucking it's an intense fucking show. I didn't I, I don't I don't really dig it though. Those teenage shows that be crazy. It. It's pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say they'd be so crazy. Remember the movie yeah, Kids? Yeah. Remember Kids? Yeah, yeah. Kids but was this crazy. is like a millennial kids. Oh shit. So, <laughs> it's a little uh it's a little Yeah. That's crazy, bro. I mean like I don't know. I, I I watched like the first two episodes. I just can't get behind feeling like a fucking creep for an hour a night. Uh-huh. I just have over it. Uh-huh. uh-huh but uh-huh. uh Yeah, I was watching some 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 movie on Netflix called um, House of Paper. It was called Casa de Papel. I think that's House of Paper in Spanish, or somebody translated or whatever. But long story short, there's like cool. They're like stuck in a bank, but they don't just rob the bank of the money. They print the money in the bank. Really fucking dope. It's crazy. Like they hold the bank up for a whole week. What fucking point is that? What do you mean? Wait, 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 what is the problem? Sounds dumb. No, no. Why would you break into a bank to print money? Print it in your fucking living room. No, bro. You can't print no money in your living room. They in like they're printing real unmarked dollars. Not counterfeit. Oh, they're going to like the reserve. That's not just a bank. Oh yeah, yeah, just not a bank. It's called like I that's why I think I it's called. Talking about fucking the Robin Wells Fargo and they're bringing no, no, I think on a printer inside. No, 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 hell no. They got like they're in a fucking like I guess yeah where they make the money at because it it's like a museum. Now I'm thinking about it because uh when they rob the bank, there's like kids on a field trip there. And long story short, well, there's no point to the story. This is what I'm watching right now. It's really fucking dope. You should watch it. I guess. Whatever. What's it called? House of Paper. Yeah. Oh, so I'm getting the, the message that we got uh, 50 minutes or five minutes left. I don't know. I think we got to go soon. So something like that. I don't know <laughs> what this fucking means. So he, he tells you when it's over. Yeah. Yeah. He gives me the cue. OK, so I appreciate my guy Ben McCabe coming down to the sesh. This is a long awaited sesh. We've been trying to do this for longer than this was even like made. So I appreciate my guy for coming down. Shout outs to Rosin Tech Labs and the Solventless Expert who made the la- made the hash. Um, mad different flavors, six different strains, right? 
Six different flavors five. we have? Five. Five, five different skews, two different flavors. Five different skews, two different flavors. They got it going on over there. Check them out at your local dispensary when it's up in there. Um, shout out to Dab Nation and uh, the people that brought us here. Emoji Extract, Royal, all that for keeping us high and uh, making us look good. So this is the Sesh Podcast. I'm your host, Trees and Breeze, and uh, we out of here, G.